Welcome to the Directions Mag Geo Inspirations podcast series with Joseph Kursky. Well, greetings all. Joseph Kursky here with you on another installment of Geo Inspirations from Directions Magazine. Glad you could join us. I am thrilled to state that one of my all-time favorite people in all of geospatial is here with me today, Patricia Carbajales-Dale from Clemson University. Patricia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Joseph. It's really, really a pleasure. Oh, it's so great to have you here. I think that many people in the land of uh, geospatial technology, geography, science, uh, higher education for sure, but beyond, know who you are. But just for the benefit of those who don't, could you give us a little sense of what your position is now and how you got to that position, a little bit of your pathway? Yes. Um, so I am currently the um, executive direct director of the Clemson Center for Geospatial Technologies at Clemson University. And our mission, we are a partnership between the libraries and um, the IT department. We do not have a geography or a GIS department. So our center's mission is actually to support all faculty, researchers, and students into integrated geospatial technologies within their scholarly activities. Um, I also uh, teach GIS um, in several fields currently in public health um, and also data analytics, but in the past I've also uh, taught GIS in um, earth sciences um, and planning. Uh, a little bit of my background, um, I think is not very unusual that a lot of geospatial professionals um, do not come directly from a geography, um, GIS background, especially my generation, <laughs> which is a few decades back. But um, my undergraduate was in um, environmental engineering. And two things really define my path moving forward and switching to pursue GIS. Uh, when I was in my fifth year at the time, believe it or not, it was a six year degree. Uh, that I was pursuing in Spain. Um, the mm -hmm. summer before to my last year, we had, in my region of Spain, we had a lot of fires, over 400 fires in just one summer. And a third of the, imagine the, like the third of the county just burned in just uh, two and a half months. And there were some lives that were lost. And so one of our guest speakers mm. talked about this technology who was able to, um, you know, uh, have inputs as topography and vegetation and wind speed and direction and temperature and help predict um, and help the firefighters team to predict where the fire was going to spread and i was just i was just so um I, I really wanted to help and i wanted to learn more about it so at that time we didn't have any gis courses so i i took upon me to learn GIS um, through extracurricular activities. And the more mm -hmm. I learned, the more I, I wanted to know more. So when I finished my degree, I had a choice of what to do. And um, the second thing that was really, that really influenced me was um, my father. He was um, draftsman, an architectural draftsman. And so I saw what happened in his field with AutoCAD, with CAD industry just took over the architectural field. And as an engineer, I thought GIS was going to take over. I mean, this was, you know, late 90s and um, it did. So I'm glad uh, I made that choice. And that's how I 
came to the United States to do my master's in GIS in a little place called Redlands, out of all places. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, it was a brand new master. And um, from there, I ended up working first on a consulting company because I wanted to work on fire. Life uh, gives you water, right? <laughs> uh, but mm -hmm. I was just very happy. And then um, I work in, in public and private um, higher ed institutions. Oh, this is wonderful. There's a couple of things that I want to uh, highlight from this uh, wonderful journey of yours. First of all, out of curiosity and uh, connecting some of the dots of other people that we've had on Geo Inspirations in the past, were you at Redlands when Karen Kemp was there? Actually, in the first cohort that the master's program had. And so it was, it was such a privilege because, you know, Karen is one of the, you know, she's one of my personal heroes and mm, uh, mine too. Mm -hmm. And also we had a lot of support from Esri to help in launch. I remember having a, one of our classes was with Jack Dangerman and Roger Tomlinson. Mm, uh, mm. I was treasure forever and they were helping us with our project. So it was, it was very, it was a very special time where I, you know, I had the best experience of my life and I made the best of friends. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of good seeds that were planted and still continue to be planted at that university. Roger Tomlinson uh, wrote a couple of forwards for some books that I've written and I thought, oh, I can't go talk to Roger. I mean, he's too busy, <laughs> but he was so gracious and always made time for people. My last picture with him was him talking to, you know, those 4-H students that we have at the S3 user conference. Here mm -hmm. he is laughing and talking with these 15-year-olds. And it's just classic Roger. Uh, you know, they're all having a great time. They're learning from, you know, the man, the mentor. But yet he's just on their level and saying, you know, this, what are you interested in? He was just so fascinated by what they were doing with geospatial. And it was just, again, it was, it's just a great memory. Uh, another thing that comes to mind when you were going through your fascinating story there was, you know, the influence of, uh, of a natural disaster, you know, the tragedy that you spoke about. I was over at uh, Pepperdine University last uh, spring working with the facilities management and you know it was right after the wildfire the Woolsey wildfire mm -hmm. that destroyed tons of homes over there and uh, it was it was very serious and it came right down to the dorms on the campus I mean it was literally right across the street and so my heart went out to you know the community but it also brought home kind of like what you were saying that this is why we are using GIS because we want to be able to keep people safe we want to be able to, and they were definitely using GIS about, uh, you know, for years of, you know, in the way of managing the uh, the brush, you know, clearing the brush, yes. sculpting the hills, because they're in the chaparral. They, they understand, you know, wildfire is an ever-present danger. They used it to figure out, okay, when are we going to evacuate the students, et cetera. And so it, it was one of those things that, you know, you hope you never have to prepare for, but here they were in the midst of it, and and all their preparations actually bore fruit because, the students were all safe and, and tragedy was averted, but at least for that campus, uh, sadly for a lot of the homeowners around there, it was not the case. But it, again, coming back to why GIS matters to our planet, natural hazards are certainly um, a key thing, a key part of that, right? So, and then the last thing uh, that I wanted to mention is that, uh, and just for the, the listeners, I can personally attest to what Patricia is saying. It is wonderful to have her center in the library. So I was there for GIS Day 
uh, a short time ago. And I was very impressed, Patricia, at how you are very keen on, from the library and the Geospatial Center, getting GIS infused into various departments on campus. I mean, we went over to the history department, to their new digital history program, PhD that they're starting, the environmental scientists. It's just great to see how you're so passionate about, this is just too valuable to keep in our center. We've got to spread it out throughout the campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, I'm, you know, I always say this, but we are very fortunate because our job is to help others, to assist others. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, as part of being also IT, uh, people don't call you when they have trouble. They, they really, they're really grateful when you, when you help them. And that's very unique and very gratifying. I think that's also going back to the natural disasters. I think the geospatial community, maybe, maybe it's just my perception, but I think, you know, a lot of us really got into this because we believe that we can help. I don't think we can, you know, GIS alone can solve everything, but we really get into it and saying, I'm making a difference, right? And, um, and, and that's, I, I see it in many, many professionals um, that I meet over the years. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, when I'm on campus, I usually meet with the ESRI GIS site license coordinator or, or you know, institutional coordinator and oftentimes they're in IT and oftentimes, you know, they, they tell me, as I'm sure you can relate, part of your job is, you know, people are contacting you when they have a problem and they don't often say, well, we really appreciate you helping me out there because a lot of those IT people, they're, they're just hearing about problems and, and, and not uh, the benefit that they're making, the help that they're, they're giving to uh, the colleagues and students and others on campus. And it's, it's, it's great that you've got those moments where people are coming back to you and saying, Hey, thanks. I really appreciate you helping me out there. That made a huge difference uh, in my teaching or my research or my day-to-day uh, -day work. So really good to yeah. hear. Yeah, I think going back to, you know, we don't have our own agenda. Our agenda is to serve others. And I think mm -hmm. that's what also the library is such a great fit because it's exactly mm -hmm. the same mission. It's not about us or our projects, but it's what can we do for others across the university. Yeah, good point. Uh, and the library has always been about uh, information management and helping people use data, right? And I know you and I have had these conversations about data in the past. It's and certainly going into now the new decade uh, when this will be actually published. We're in the new decade at that point. Um, what do you see as some of the challenges in the current decade with regard to uh, geospatial technology? I mean, maybe touching on how to help people navigate through data and understand how to use data. What do you see as some of the, one or two of the challenges that we face? I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, but... Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> so my, my take on this is that we, you know, and I don't have a solution, but I, I, ju I just wanna frame what I see as a disadvantage that we have. I think as GIS professionals, we know data like very, very few other fields know, whether it's relational mm -hmm. databases, where it's uh, managing uh, metadata, where it is, um, you know, just, just analyzing the data, visualizing the data, communicating, storing it. Um, and so, um, you know, and it's not just mm -hmm. about data, it's about, um, you talk about data analytics, it's, you know, we do that 
in a way all the time um, we do data science we do statistics we do we are visualization experts um, but i think um you know looking towards the future um you know looking at the job market looking at what universities are um funding at the moment geography and gis is not the best words that used to be but um i think they are commonly misunderstood uh, mm -hmm. by people who are not in our field and i think that's a that's a challenge that we have as educators as um, just spatial professionals to make sure that others understand the value the skills and the versatility that we bring and how much we truly understand data uh, which few other professionals will know and also working with all sorts of uh, different data just to give you an example too i mean there's other technologies now that especially in like the data science field and i'm going to pick on Tableau, for example, and I teach Tableau and I love Tableau, right? So you can, you can have mm -hmm. some data and you can create some maps, right? But understanding things like the projection behind, um, you know, the measurements that you might be bringing, uh, the classification method that you're using when you are, um, when you are creating that map, that choropleth map, or, um, you know, things like, uh, don't get me started with even things like spatial thinking, <laughs> like, um, overlay analysis, um, proximity analysis, things like that. The concept of the scale of the data. Those are things that, um, you know, yes, I can, a data scientist can go in and create a map that talks to a dashboard. Uh, it doesn't mean the map is correct or the data is displayed properly. We, we can do, we know how to do that, and, and it, it saddens me that we are not value more um, in that regard. Yeah, good points. I have mixed feelings about this as well. Um, you know, part of me, you know, coming from the geography field, wants the geographic component to be in the name, mm -hmm. uh, in the branding of it, so that promoting, in le at least in some small way, that, that, that geography actually matters, that uh, spa the spatial perspective matters. But on the other hand, I understand that, uh, you know, it's it's a competitive world out there in universities, higher education and beyond. And so uh, each department has to, each program, each college in a university has to decide how they're going to, you know, uh, craft and market and, 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 and you know, formulate um, the programs. And mm -hmm. so in many cases, as you well know, in the schools of business, it might be called location analytics or in health, it might be called health, health informatics. And, and on that side of things, I, because I want to see this, as I know you do, infused throughout the academy and into greater society as a result with these graduating students, and that side of me says, I don't care what they call it, as long as it's rigorous and as, as long as it's, it's, it's sound and it's promoting and using uh, spatial thinking and spatial analysis, in, 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 that, in that sense, I don't care what it's called, if you know what I mean. But yeah, you're right. There is part of me that's, that still wants that geo in there. But uh, again, yeah, and, moving, moving into the decade. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I think it should be there. I just think, um, and it's a challenge that I, like I say, I don't have a solution. Geo should be there. Geo is important. The science of where, right, is important. It's just how do we make others understand that value when they are being distracted or there's other buzzwords like we need to promote the value of geo and i and i know you and all of us have been trying to do that um 
but I can see moving into the next decade that, you know, we just need to think more about it, um, you know, as a community and we have wonderful, you know, organizations such as UCGIS who's, who's looking at uh, these very same questions. Um, geo matters, right? But how do we make others understand the value of geo? <laughs> that is that is the, the 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 question of the of the decade for sure and of other decades that we've lived through um but i do think that you know through your efforts and and others um for example at clemson in your geospatial uh program and center i, I was very impressed i mean that whole gis day for example that you organized mm -hmm. um that was just an example i mean folks out there listening there were what 300 people there from just about all uh, programs on campus. I mean, I met sociologists and planners and historians, and and then there were people from the community saying, "Hey, we're actually using this. We may be Clemson alums." So again, uh, evidence to you planting seeds that now they're out in private industry, nonprofits, government agencies, uh, in academia, and even in schools doing this kind of thing um, and in their organization. So I think. You know, while you and I, yeah, we, we want it to be faster, right? We want the uptake to be faster. It's agonizingly slow in certain sectors of society, uh, the uptake of this. But I think that, um, you know, through your good efforts, uh, you know, it is, it, 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 I think that we're, we're, you know, over Moore's chasm, you know, on the Rogers diffusion of innovations curve. We're, we're getting to that, what he calls the, or what Everett Rogers called that, you know, that early majority of people that really get it, really get the value of it, that maps are not just reference documents like where is, you know, España, where is Yemen, where is uh, India, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's, it, they're analytical tools that we can use to make smarter and wiser decisions about the planet. And I think that your position there inside the library is a good model. And I've seen it, it at other places. I interviewed Beth Tulanowski, for example, at Colorado State not too long ago for Geo Inspirations. And, and like your center, you know, theirs is, yeah, in the library and it is diffusing GIS throughout the campus. Um, and certainly it happens from traditional departments too, geology, geography, or, you know, sometimes um, the, uh, the uh, uh, environmental studies, you know, your background, et cetera. But, but I think the library has a unique position in, in, in many respects, as we've touched on, you know, information, you, you're all about breaking down walls between departments. You are all about, Hey, let's, this let's, let's make it happen. Let's, let's, um, if there's some administrative hurdles, let's, let's blast through them and, and make things uh, successful. So, okay, here's another question for you, Patricia. Thank you so much for all, all the, your insights. Really appreciate it. Um, but another thing I was wondering was, what, what project or initiative are you proudest of being a part of, you know, looking back, or maybe it's something that you're working on right now? Yes, I, so my dream, dream uh, job and project, uh, I've already done it. And uh, when I finished that class, I, I, I remember telling my boss, I already done my dream job. Where am I going to go from here? And it, <laughs> it, it was true. So in, in, in 2013, I, I was working at Stanford University and I was uh, teaching their GIS course. And I got put in touch with the UN, the uh, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. And we did a couple of projects with them as part of this class. But I, uh, you know, this was through our sciences. So the projects were all over the place. So I, I 
proposed to Stanford just with a simple paragraph to create a course called GIS for Good, where it was a service learning course mm -hmm. where we will partner with uh, UNHCR um, to um, have students learn GIS and put their amazing skills. I had a wonderful group of students to help improve the lives of refugees in their camps. And it was just absolutely the best experience I've ever had in my life. That is indeed inspiring and it touches on what I think have, has, have, has drawn many of us to the field of geospatial and that is, it's more than a technology, right? It is actually used to better people's lives. And, um, you know, in emergency situations, in non-emergency situations, it, it is really touching lives. And every year, um, there are numerous stories that come out, you know, at the ESRI User Conference and in your event at, at, at Clemson and, and elsewhere, where, gosh, we're looking at things in new ways and we're helping communities. I remember seeing at your center that map uh, of, I think it was like two and a half million police positions of uh, police cars, police patrols, and and showing the community residents, look, this is what this is what's happening in your community. We are actually on patrol, making the you know doing all that we can to make the communities safer. And here are the officers that are you know out there in the community. They're real people. They've got real families. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But so it's more than just you know mapping the points. It's showing people, hey, uh, if there's if you see a a gap, let's have a conversation about maybe this needs to be patrolled more, or maybe we need to address, here's a certain pattern of uh, uh, crimes in a certain community. There's a lot of burglaries over here. Can we do something about it? So, you know, it keeps me thinking about exactly what you're talking about, that these are not just, you know, tools and data that we're talking about. It's actually the decisions that come out of the tools and data that are bettering, you know, making people's lives uh, happier, healthier, safer. So, yeah, I love what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And by the way, as you know, touching on another thing that you mentioned earlier about um, uh, this, you know, I always encourage students to kind of think outside the box, either in disciplines, you know, go outside of their, maybe their home discipline and talk to people in, you know, down the hall or across campus or in a different department in their city government or whatever. And part of that is I also encourage them to think internationally. And you, of course, lived and breathed that. You actually have, you know, migrated. Uh, far away from your homeland, mm -hmm. and um, you know, thinking about you know encouraging students to do that. What were what, were there any you know challenges that you that you faced doing you know science in in a different part of the world than than you grew up in? Uh, yeah, especially uh, you know I could barely speak English, so um, it was it was it was quite challenging. Um, but it was also it's something that I highly recommend. And I wish it was like mandatory as part of um, higher education. You know, I think mm. living in a complete, immersing yourself in a completely different country um, with different cultures, with different, I remember, you know, walking through Redlands and I saw a student carrying their coffee. They didn't sit down on a coffee place and I was shocked. You know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're carrying their food and they're carrying their coffee. And I remember, you know, this was 2003 and I was just shocked, you know, because 
um, you know, we just didn't do that in Spain. Like coffee was a social thing that you sit down in a place and talk. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> I remember in classes, the students bringing their jars and like me just being like, um, just really shocked. And then, um, you know, and so adapting, um, it's, it's just like, it's the same thing as GIS, right? I'm working on this diabetes project this morning in the afternoon, I'm meeting the police department. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Keeps, it keeps you flexible. It keeps you, you know, that's kind of what I, when I first left, left my job at Stanford as, as, you know, the person supporting everybody, I was like, I'm never going to be on top of my game anymore because I'm so challenged. Every day I meet with a surgeon, then tomorrow I meet with a political science and I need to help them and I need to figure it out. And so I was sad. I, luckily, I found a similar job at Clemson. Um, but that's, that's kind of what is um, fascinating um, about working in GIS. And I think uh, in a certain extent, the same applies to, you know, moving to a completely different part of the world and, and just your, your, your brain and, and like the flexibility that you gain from, um, from adapting is, is just so valuable. Well, muy bien, perfecto, Patricia. Uh, it's, it's, it's really admirable to hear about uh, uh, the, the way that you've, it, not only in the past, you know, moving over to Redlands and Stanford, et cetera, but um, that you're continually challenging yourself daily to take on new uh, uh, responsibilities and meeting with new people. It, it is rewarding, isn't it? When you're, when you, we talked about this earlier, but you're helping people, but you're also listening to them and you're learning what their particular challenges are in their discipline. And mm -hmm. I just think that just, uh, that's what I, I too love that about geospatial, the international component, and then also meeting with people in different disciplines. I don't know of any other, I suppose there are, there's gotta be, but, but GIS is uniquely situated where it touches so many different disciplines, uh, just about every discipline you can imagine, right? And, and, and that brings uh, a richness to, and benefit to us in, in working in the field, but also it's benefiting, you know, touching on what we were talking about earlier with the challenges facing GIS, but it's benefiting the whole discipline, right? As we have more and more um, different disciplines contributing their diverse backgrounds and their their thought processes and their own uh, training and, and and academic training and so on on the job training it's bringing uh, conversations and tools and data to geospatial technology that we've never had before mm -hmm. right i mean even taking things like um oh not to narrow it to any specific tool but you know uh, insights for arcgis you know you've got the the data analytics data science community now saying, hey, I don't have to be a GIS guru to use some of these spatial tools. I can dig into something like that. You know, it's on the cloud. It's, it's something that I could, I don't have to devote the next three years to learn. I can actually do something quickly in, and also in a rigorous way. So I don't know, I just think what I'm trying to say is it isn't it great that, that we've got this widening of the community, which is what we, we really need to grapple with these complex, you know, vexing, interconnected issues that confront 21st century society, correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. I think uh, that's very true. If I, you know, just thinking about, um, you know, how we are able to just work with so many 
so many different data, so many different disciplines, and and then just um, we are, you know, I was thinking when you were talking, like we're we're really fearless when we said, hey, let's bring data analytics and like things like inside. I mean, in our center, we have we have drones, we have terrestrial lidar, we have three D printing. Apart from you know mapping, cartography. Um, um, mm -hmm data analysis, spatial analysis, statistics, you know, um, and we are not afraid to jump into, into the next thing that we know could benefit our, our community. Um, and so that, I think that's very special about our, our, our field. Indeed. And through this conversation, we've touched on several things that I was actually going to ask you about, you know, and people that inspired you and also your advice to people in the, in the community. Uh, so thanks for thanks for touching on those threads. Um, uh, you've got a photo here of you in an airplane. Tell us about that and about your work with um, uh, remote sensing in general. Um, I'm very limited. So that photo is was uh, when I took my um, drone pilot uh, exam. So I'm a certified um, pilot. So we can we can fly. Basically, our job is also to take care of. Uh, you know, advanced technology that keeps changing all the time. So that's very true now for drones, uh, knowing all the regulations. So faculty and departments can rely on us and they can focus more on the application of the technology. Um, and so um, drones, as you know, they have a lot of application for, for remote sensing and GIS. And so we have a fleet of drones that we are, um, that we are able to fly from, um, you know, just regular imagery to um, LIDAR, and even we have now that is a hyperspectral um, drone that we could use for crops and forestry and other, and other disciplines. Um, so that mm -hmm. photo was, um, you know, they gave us a tour and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a pilot, but I, I very much enjoyed and appreciate, um, you know, their field is just fascinating too for aviation, so. Well, I think you're touching on another trait that's that's I I've always admired about you. You're very curious about tools, data, uh, different disciplines, solving problems. You're you're curious and you're tenacious about about uh, solving those problems and helping people. So it's it's very much admired by me and others in the community. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh well, sincerely, I I wanted to visit you at Clemson for oh, I don't know ever since I met you maybe six <laughs> seven years ago something like that. I've been and inviting you every year. I know, and we finally made it happen. <laughs> it was so wonderful. I'm still getting emails from faculty and others, students and and people in that that are alums, uh, that uh, came from and that the, that multi-day event that you held. Uh, I think it's 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 worth mentioning to the listener that several Clemson alums actually work for ESRI, uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Taylor, and um, let's see. Semin Danani. Yes. yes, exactly. Semin, uh -huh. And beyond working at ESRI, there you've 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 got people in. Do you have some sort of statistics about what, when people get a sort of uh, emphasis or focus, whether it's the major or the certificate or any of the other offerings that you have there um, in geospatial, anything uh, related to geospatial, what, in what fields they go into? I mean, do you have some sort of 
um, database or something like that that says, hey, we've got X people in government and private industry, nonprofits, et cetera. It must be pretty impressive if you have such a thing. Well, we, we have, I mean, it would be very impressive. And I, we unfortunately don't, do not have that. We have it for our interns. And I have mm -hmm. to tell you, I'm, you know, <laughs> whenever we have a new intern, I show them where our interns have gone. And I say, this is the standard. You better be him because we have, um, you know, so we have some in that went to S3, but we have, um, you know, uh, um, Providence, who was also there. He became an associate planner at City of Charlotte. We have other interns that got just straight out of Fulbright and others went to work at NASA um, and others like Amazon and, um, and Epic, so big, big companies as well. So we are extremely proud and, um, you know, overwhelmed with joy for, you know, the students that have passed through our center. And it just, it's kind of like an internal joke. It's like, you see, because we, I keep kind of the logos in their photos and say, see what they did. This is, this is the minimum. This is what we expect from you once you live here. And it's kind of, it's, it's amazing to put that compilation together and see, and see how far they, they've come. Good point. Um, Zemin, da danani is who i was thinking of yes another alum there um and also i met uh ellie uh masumka right uh -huh. yeah elham she is she's amazing i mean she's just an example of the many people that you're you know you're inspiring but she's inspiring um a phd student there doing amazing things and i was just very impressed by her and all of the others there they're very professional they're very kind uh, they want to do the right thing for the planet. I don't know. I just every everybody that I've met that has uh, been, you know, associated with your program there is is um, I don't know. I, I when I get depressed to the state of the world, I come back to thinking about people like you and her and others, mm -hmm. and I think you know we're going to solve these problems. Yeah, there's there's some pretty complex, serious problems on our planet and our in our own communities. But I think that we've got, you know, good data. We've got some good tools at our fingertips now. We've got this whole sharing environment that you keep touching on that we are all about helping each other to make a better world and solve problems. So I'm I actually I'm an optimist. I think that we're going to make it. We're going we're gonna to be at the other side of this decade and the other side of this century in a susta more sustainable, happier, healthier place. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Um, and, and geospatial, even though it may sound corny or, or kind of odd to someone who's kind of coming into this uh, podcast thinking, what's, what's the big deal? It's just a technology. Well, not really. It's, it's more than that. It's the people, really. And that's what this whole conversation has been about is, is the people. What do you want to see? Are you getting the kind of support that, um, that, that you need to have over there at Clemson? I'm just wondering, you know, for the benefit of people that are forming their own geospatial programs, maybe at a university, um, do you have any advice for them in terms of how to build, you know, consensus, how to build a, a support mechanism around campus where you can actually sustain the kinds of things that you're, that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate. I mean, you saw the facilities that we had here at Clemson and, and you know, the staff um, that we have. So we have our GIS manager, Ellie. We have our UAV director, Blake. We have our GIS developer. And then we have many interns. Um, so we, we, when I arrived at Clemson, I, I, I was very, very fortunate to have somebody who believed in the value 
of geospatial and the value of bringing, um, you know, having staff to support the campus. We had a lot of labs, but nobody to support, um, you know, the students and the researchers and faculty were just being inundated with emails from people from other departments. So um, taking that burden away from them and just centralize it in a in a way that could be efficient and, and shared, I think it was, you know, it made a it made a lot of difference. So I think adding that value, understanding that um, geospatial changes rapidly, constantly, and um, like we hear faculty, it's all it's very hard for them to keep up. You know, you you had that question um, mm -hmm. just last uh, when you were at Clemson. And so my, what I wanted to say at that time when you got that question is like, you know, that's actually my job. My job is to know what's coming and, mm -hmm. um, and you know, and help you uh, through, you know, class lectures, support, uh, labs that we can develop and prepare for you. So you don't need to worry about, do I know what's latest in the past six months? Um, and I, that also ties to like my advice to, to GIS professionals, I always tell, the students is not what you know is how much you can figure it out and how much you can adapt when you know you know in six months things are going to change and, and, and you need to keep it keep up with it so um yeah good point being a lifelong learner is so critical in this always mm -hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm always learning things about gis from people that have used They'll, they'll come up behind me. Hey, Joseph, I've been using GIS for, you know, one or two years. You should do it this way. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll say. Thanks for telling me. Be you know, so it's, it keeps us humble. It keeps us learning and moving forward. You know, circling back to what you were saying, it, 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 I'm sure that there were numerous, uh, you know, late night meetings with, with uh, you know, stakeholders there on campus building that uh, geospatial, geospatial center that you've got there that this was not, you know, something that just happened, that you've been instrumental in building the consensus there and making it successful, but also points to that, you know, you touched on this a little bit, that you've got some support from the provost, the, the you know, the deans, et cetera, that they value the center. And so it seemed to me that you're not under constant stress, although I'm sure there is there is there is some you know ongoing tension as there is in just about every organization. But with with am I is the center going to be around in the future? It seems like there's enough people on campus that if any person that didn't know what you did said, "Hey, this budget item line item, we don't need that." Uh, there would be people that say, hey, wait a minute, that's supporting history. That's supporting the, the uh, campus infrastructure mapping. That's supporting so many things on campus, um, sound research and teaching that uh, that, that would not happen. Um, but I, yeah, thanks for your insights because I know there are other people that, that I've talked with and that are listening to this that are saying, you know, I want to build that kind of center and that kind of support on campus. So I just encourage you all to yeah, take a look at the, uh, what Patricia Carbajales-Dale has uh, uh, posted on the Clemson geospatial site and some of the things that they're doing uh, on campus for, for some ongoing inspiration. Okay, Patricia, I'm being sensitive to your time here. We're, we're getting toward the end of our segment today, but I'm wondering, do you have a favorite, a favorite map, a favorite book that you want to share? I think I have so many maps, but I think um, <laughs> book definitely. I you know I my favorite book is uh, How to Lie with Maps. I know it's old, 
and it's been around for a while, but I, you know, I just, it's just something that is really special to me. I wish we could actually keep updating it every, every month, every, every six months, we could keep something like, um, you know, like a portfolio, how maps have been used to, to manipulate for political purposes, for, you know, a meeting that you want and you want to present the data a certain way. But I think it kind of, what I love about so much is because also I, I love warning the students about being very careful about the decisions they make mm -hmm. when they create a map, but also, and also to be critical when they see other maps, but it also talks about in a, in a subtle way about all the skills that we have as geospatial professionals and all the thought that we put when we use this type of line or this type of symbol or this color or this projection. And so it kind of summarizes in a very intuitive and applicable way, you know, the, the you know, our knowledge um, that we have as GIS professionals. Yeah, that's a uh, very good points. I love that book as well. Um, Mark Monnier, the uh, author of the How to Lie with Maps, he's got a, a fairly new book now with Esri Press called Connections and Content, Reflections on Networks in the History of Cartography, which mm -hmm. is actually quite, quite good, as is all the other things that he's written. And so you might want to, the, the listener might want to check that out. Also, uh, in the paragraph introducing Patricia, there are some links, and I just invite you folks to explore those links, be inspired by what, by what Patricia and her colleagues at Clemson are doing. This is another thing. It's just on a cultural note, Patricia. When you, um, you wrote to maybe some of your relatives back in España about, hey, uh, Clemson's got this big facility on campus. It's called a football stadium. Uh, and it's more than just a sport. It's just this whole culture of, you know, community and rallying around and, and uh, celebrating each other. I bet that was kind of an interesting conversation. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, well, even like coming from California to the South, you know, like mm -hmm. how everything revolves around football is, is pretty incredible. I remember, um, you know, coming my first month, everybody was wearing orange on a Friday and I was like, what's going on? Do we need to dress as orange? What kind of place? <laughs> I started buying all my orange clothes in, in no time. You just like, again, oh, you gosh. the culture and then you just, uh, you know, understand better. Um, you know, so yeah, there's definitely more than, than football at Clemson. Um, that's for sure, but but football is a big part of 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 life here. Um, well, it's a beautiful facility, and the arboretum that you have there, the the waterfront, it's just gorgeous. Back on the football thing, though, uh, and logistics, the first thing that came to my mind when I got to your campus and saw, you know, people were already well, the facilities people were already starting to put out roadblocks and notices about about the upcoming game on the Saturday. And I got there on Tuesday. I was there on like a Tuesday afternoon. And I thought, wow, this is a big deal. They're already preparing for Saturday and it's, it's four days from now. Mm -hmm. And so I also was thinking, you know, in terms of logistics, they've got to be using GIS in facilities management and event planning and things like that. Could you touch on that? Are they using GIS to uh, do things like, you know, routing uh, of, you know, uh, crowds and, and vehicles for, for events like like a football game and and also beyond for campus facility mapping campus uh, safety things like that 
Yes, we are we are moving slowly on that end, but I think we're gonna be um, you know speeding ahead very very quickly in the in the next two years. We just had a meeting with um, with the police department to actually use drones for traffic congestions and um, you know and during games. So um, I think as we move forward with emergency management and facilities, uh, parking, transportation as well. Um, we're just gonna start with data, <laughs> which is very boring, right? Like who doesn't start with data? But I think if we can bring people together on the data side, then putting um, dashboards, applications to call that data is the key. But the biggest problem is that we have at the moment is the sharing of data. And that's what I'm focusing very heavily for the past six months and I'm gonna be focusing a lot next year. Because if we don't share data, we, you know, we, we just miss re um, efficiency, we have a lot of redundancy. And so I think that's a very, very good case for, for just, um, you know, start um, using just special technologies from the ground up and building from there. Yeah, very good advice. It always comes back to the data, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. So often in these conversations, and I, I agree with you, oftentimes when people hear that, and I've given talks on data, and I know you have too, people tend to think, oh gosh, this is going to be super boring. But then you realize that, you know, it touches on so many societal issues, location, privacy, and do, can I trust data? And, you know, circling back to Mark Monmonier that you talked about earlier, how you symbolize, how you classify, makes a big difference in how your reader your, of your data um, makes decisions with it. And so, yeah, maps are powerful sources of information. Be careful about how you present it, how you communicate about it, and so on. So uh, that's just one of the great things that uh, I have great respect for you about is that you are always really focused on benefiting the user, the map user, the data user, uh, servicing the community. Um, so thanks for all of your insights there and about your a little bit of your past of the Stanford Geospatial Center, the GIS for Good class and all the amazing things that you're doing at Clemson. So again, um, thank you, my friend. Muchas gracias. It's great <laughs> well, to have you on here. Yeah, I want to say also I want to give you a shout out to you and the rest of the education team. Your support is tremendous for us. We couldn't do what we do uh, without people like you and Jerry and Rina and Nanji and others. So I really appreciate your support. We are, you know, I think we are on the same side of things. We want to help others. We want to, um, you know, make sure people can use geospatial technologies to the best of their abilities. And so, um, you know, thank you so much for, for helping us in our mission. Well, thanks for the kind words. That's, that's very nice of you. We're all in this together, though. It's a team effort, mm -hmm. right? We've got to keep keep tapping on all the windows and knocking on all the doors and wherever there's a there's a little nudge in the door you know open that door and see what the where the opportunities can lead us in the future so um anyway uh thanks again patricia uh great to have you on here so folks patricia carbajales dale um the coordinator of the center for geospatial technology there at clemson university and doing amazing things on campus and, and far beyond, far beyond. So Patricia, have a great day. Thanks again for sharing your story with us and uh, wish you all success in the future. Same to you. Thank you, Joseph.